0: Michigan State University Interim President Teresa K. Woodruff joins me to elaborate on topics she covers in her January 2024 Spartan Community Letter, which you can read by clicking on the communications tab at president.msu.edu. President Woodruff, Happy New Year. Welcome back.
1: Happy New Year. Thanks so much, Russ.
0: Let's first talk about health and well being. On, on the 10th of January, you joined Dr. Mona Hannah Atisha, Governor Gretchen Whitmer, program partners, and Flint moms and babies for the launch of Rx Kids. Talk about this cool Flint Rx Kids program.
1: I think many people, uh, many Spartans know Dr. Mona, and uh, she's just a great um, member of our MSU pediatrics and public health community uh, in Flint and has done so much for our families there. And uh, what she's always said is she wanted to prescribe away poverty. And uh, so that's been a longstanding quest for her. And so um, together, MSU, the state of Michigan, and many donors, including C.S. Mott and Doris Duke and a lot of others, have come together to give her that opportunity to prescribe away, or as she says, prescribe away um, poverty. And so in the city of Flint, Rx Kids will be a uh, cash supplement to help moms be able to uh, buy diapers and be able to get bus fare and do the kinds of things that are enabling to that uh, early development that um, vulnerable families often don't have so we're excited to be part of this uh, initiative which actually includes the University of Michigan and um, I think you know Russ, and you'll probably be there. Uh, I hope you will be. Our Michigan, Michigan State basketball, men's basketball game will be on January 30th. And we're going to uh, host a really exciting game, but we're also going to host the RX kids. And there are probably going to be a few babies around. So that'll be a lot of fun to have them in their Spartan onesies. And uh, it's an exciting time uh, to see uh, this kind of impact that can happen when the state and uh, uh, a university like ours can really come together and make a difference in the lives of of kids.
0: And I especially think it's exciting for you as a researcher that because you uh, research reproductive science.
1: Yeah, that's right. My own area is in reproductive uh, science and medicine. And so uh, enabling the health of the next generation of, of kids and moms is really a, a special part of, of um, my interests and certainly that's going to lift the entire state of Michigan. And uh, I look forward to seeing these kids. I did say in my remarks there, Russ, that uh, they will be the entering class of Spartans in 2040, 2041. So I have a letter that I have written to my future self, whoever that president is at that time, uh, to admit and welcome these uh, kids into our Spartan family. And, uh, you know, it'll be fun to see them graduate then in 2044 or 2045. And what we'll see is a cycle of positive engagement that's going to lift a generation up and uh i'm i'm excited for for what comes next for these kids
0: spartans will and of course there's much more online at flintrxkids.com and we do know that physical mental and social health is integral to our own success as a university community a comprehensive health and well-being assessment conducted by msu's university health and well-being division is now underway including a survey of students, faculty and staff this month and planned focus groups and key informant interviews. And the process will culminate in a five year health and well-being plan. What are the goals of the assessment? Why is this important right now?
1: You know, it's really critical that we understand our community's needs and interests as they continue to evolve. And so, you know, I've always been been a big tent person and always uh, I, I, you know, Russ, I think I've said to you in the past, I never learn anything talking to myself. So um, we've been um, very much about the business of this university by integrating the, the totality of the university's voice. And in so doing it, it might take just one more tick of the wheel to get that information. But to me, that's the most valuable asset we have is people's experiences and integrating that then into our decisions and next steps, to me has great uh, wisdom. And Dr. Alexis Travis, who is leading our uh, university health and wellbeing division is very much uh, along that same lineage of, of bringing in the information. So our goal really is to hear um, what is um, uh, what are those most pressing needs, uh, and uh, to be able to use that in developing, as you said, I think that strategic plan so that we're informed and we're all together. And I think when we lock arms on these kinds of big initiatives, it helps us realize um, uh, that that we're all a part of something bigger and that uh, even though there is this big organization, each voice matters. And I hope that's uh That uh, is a clarion call to people to really be a part of uh, a culture of well-being that uh, we can support over time.
0: And Spartan students, faculty, and and staff are encouraged to take a few minutes to complete the anonymous online survey before it closes January 29th. There's more at uhw.msu.edu. And President Woodruff, as we prepare to acknowledge the violence that took place on campus last February 13th, What are our plans to remember?
1: Well, and I want to, you know, even in this podcast, want to make sure that people know that we'll, you know, when we talk about this, I know it evokes strong emotions in myself, I know in you, Russ, and others. So I want to make sure that people know that even as we celebrate, we want people to to be able to step away from the uh, engagements as well as you know, be thoughtful about what what your needs are. And that's really critical. We did announce uh, that there would be no classes. Most of our classes will not be held on February 13th. There are a few that will uh, proceed. Um, We have been thoughtful about uh, every person. And again, really this kind of every soul matters uh, at MSU. And uh, knowing that people are at different paces along the walk and some people aren't even on the same pathway. So um, we have to really think about that broad experiential way in which we're walking into this into this moment and uh we we're very thoughtful about the fact that you know we we are a community where many of us live here on campus and so for nearly uh 18,000 people um uh it means that some folks will be working on those days and we I want the community to know that we've made accommodations for those folks as well and so Uh, that's really critical um, that we continue to be able to uh, operate the university even while we're uh, and thoughtful about each individual. Um, We are, uh, and this has been planned by our students and those most directly uh, affected by the incident on February 13th is uh, a a gathering that will come together as an evening remembrance that will follow a day of kindness and service. And uh, our student leaders really believe that we have to be about the business of the university around and in our community. And I'm really delighted that that's the way uh, our students think and, and certainly honored to participate with them. Uh, that evening is going to be a remembrance that's not going to be a bunch of people saying things, uh, but really it's just a time to gather. The Vermont tower bells will ring and we will play shadows and there will be resources available, but it's a time for Spartans to be together. And uh, Spartans have been strong uh, and in the past, and now we ask Spartans to come together. And that's gonna be really critical. And I know Russ, there's been questions about um, some of the uh, memorials um, that are planned for campus. Uh, we really do thank ASMSU for their memorial bench. And that's going to be placed in a plaza near Berkey before the end of this, um, this semester. And so um, that uh, is planned. We also have the permanent memorial. And again, um, you know, sometimes when you say you really want to hear all the voices, you have to give time and space for that to occur. And so um, we are doing that. um, But there is a committee that's been working very active, very engaged. uh, And I'm very pleased with the progress. And I think we'll have a a memorial and an artist that will be engaged with us uh, over the, uh, the summer and the fall and and by the spring of next year, our, our second anniversary, there will be an opportunity for us to all gather together again in some way around that permanent memorial. So we're, we're being thoughtful in every way we can to support all Spartans and, and provide the ways in which we can, we can walk uh, together forward.
0: Yes, yes. And uh, January is Stalking Awareness Month, and it's an imperative that we acknowledge this too.
1: That's right. And you know, it is on uh, at this time uh, that we think about the ways in which uh, MSU and our history and our present um, continues to be uh, that which we hope uh, uh, can be healing to um, survivors of, um, of of past crimes and sexual abuses uh, in a variety of different settings and, uh, we also want to highlight that the stalking awareness month is is something that sometimes fades uh, into the corners, and uh, we don't think about it as as something as as uh, as traumatic and dangerous. And in fact, these can be uh, criminal acts. So um, we are highlighting that to make sure that it isn't uh, held in the shadows, and and uh, want to continue to give uh, supportive resources um, to those who are survivors and. Um, I think many people know about our Center for Survivors and, of course, the support more at msu.edu is an important resource for, for folks.
0: And I know you were pleased when recently MSU was named a voter-friendly campus. What, what do you like about the MSU Votes Initiative?
1: Well, it's a really uh, critical part of giving voice and taking action. And certainly, as we think back, my first letter to campus this fall really was an affirmation of our freedom of speech and expression And uh, that was critical because there are places where this is not valued. And uh, this is a place where voices are heard and that we can all think together in ways that can uh, change mind and change action. And one of the ways that um, we take action is not just in voice, but in voting. And it is in our great democracy, the uh, way we envision um, giving our uh, our our vote to those who will enact our goals um, in in this um, democracy of ours, particularly in this uh, in this year. So um, Michigan State has, for many years, uh, worked to enable unfettered access for our grad for our undergraduates and graduate students for our entire community uh, and. Um, uh, you know, in the past, we've been um, lauded for the work that we do, and uh, but we don't want to sit on our laurels. We want to make sure that there are that every student, uh, every faculty, every staff makes plans for making their views heard in the various uh, uh, election uh, activities. And so um we're ready and it's a way to take action and uh I want to encourage everyone to be part of this um of this activity.
0: And in another example of Spartan's will MSU rose to the number 1 spot for service learning among, among public four-year institutions in the US News and World Reports 2024 Best College Rankings.
1: Well and last week I was with 130 of our Spartan volunteers and you're going to be just wild it was Uh, you know, nearly 24,000 hours of community engaged work. And you and I talked about this last year. And I I thought, how would those numbers ever be eclipsed? And uh, we really are a place where our students believe in service. And, uh, you know, as we think uh, to spring break, uh, coming up as everybody knows early, late in February, but early it seems in uh, in this calendar year, Many of our students uh, don't go to Cancun and they're not partying uh, you know, on a beach. They're actually doing work uh, and volunteering their time. And so uh, I couldn't be more pleased. And when I addressed those students, I knew as I was looking at each of them and they were able to bring parents or family members with them, that there were a lot of unsung hours where nobody knew what they were doing, uh, but they were they were doing the kind of work that was enabling to others and not looking for that accolade, not looking for someone to give them the attaboy, not looking for someone to to shake their hand or, or, or clap for them. They were doing it because it was meaningful to them. And that, to me, is what being a Spartan is all about.
0: And speaking of being among the best, congratulations are in order for former Spartans head football coach Mark D'Antonio for his election to the College Football Hall of Fame.
1: I was so excited to send a text to him uh, when Alan uh, let me know that that Mark had had gotten that vote and it, it well-deserved, well-earned, and, you know, all Spartans are proud of Mark and what he's done.
0: And, you know, back on January 17th, I saw you at the Alienware MSU eSports Lounge ribbon-cutting. Talk yeah. about what this cool new eSports lounge is and what it portends for MSU.
1: Well, it's exciting that we now have a, a varsity eSport team, as you saw, and I think the most important thing is, as you know, uh, Garland Gilchrist, our lieutenant governor, was there and made some really, um, vivid remarks on how important, uh, um, uh, e-sport is for our, uh, our students. And, uh, this lounge allows for access to cutting edge technology. Uh, but most importantly, uh, you know, it, it turns out Garland is a, is a Wolverine. And so he and I went head to head. And I think you might've noticed that, uh, I did in fact, uh, outpace and win, uh, against Garland and, uh, he was a good sport, but, uh, I certainly, you know, as his car was flipped on its back, uh, I let him kind of flip over a couple of times. But uh, it was good to good to have that win under my belt. Uh, and the students are just great, Russ. They are just fantastic and excited. And and uh, there's a new uh, a new era of competition and community that we'll have within Comart Sci that I'm excited about.
0: Yeah, the lieutenant governor talked about another feather in the cap. This is for MSU and how it will attract you know, the next generation of scholars interested in this area. So
1: that's right. uh, You know, top 10 in game theory and design. And I I think uh, some years on some of the global rankings, we've been number one or two, depending on what Shanghai is doing. So my sense is that this is an area of real growth and development, and it it allows uh, in this digital innovation uh, space. Uh, the ability for folks to train in a a way that they can enjoy, but also will build competencies for their future.
0: Yeah, that's what I wonder if maybe the esports team can get together with Brian Wynn's Gel Lab, the games for entertainment and learning that you've talked about is so highly rated all the time. Seems like there's probably some synergy
1: there. Yep, I think you're right.
0: And what, what, I'd like to have you, as you did in your letter, acknowledge the passing of a true MSU icon, Pauline Adams, at age 101.
1: I was with Pauline just before Christmas, and uh, just uh, uh, just one of the greatest Spartans remembers vividly um, both what's happening in the news yesterday as well as what's, what happened 80 years ago. And she was recalling the first day that she and, and uh, her husband, um, uh, arrived Walter Adams on campus, and um, she was a great teacher, a great thinker, and um, uh, she read everything, Russ. And I think she even listened to your podcasts, and uh, she was able to uh, cut through some of the noise and really get to what was essential. And uh, I think that um, she represents an, uh, every uh, educator at this institution who cares deeply about. Uh, transforming the lives of those who walk through the classroom door through knowledge that they couldn't gain any other way than with the assistance of a great, uh, great educator. And she was that. And uh, I've sent our condolences as a university to her son. And uh, you know, we, we look forward to celebrating Pauline um, and uh, give tribute to her uh, over time.
0: Yes. Rest in peace, Mrs. Adams. And, Teresa, it's not in this particular letter, but I'd love to have you give us an update on the Engineering and Digital Innovation Center project and how important that is.
1: Oh, well, thank you for asking. It's the thing I love talking about most, you may know. But uh, Engineering Digital Innovation Center, or EDIC, E-D-I-C, is a, uh, a center that will, I think, uh, bridge uh, where we are today in engineering to the broadening of the um, digital innovation frontiers. Um, that involves not just computer science and engineering sciences, but also um, the humanities and social science. So as we continue to build out areas of artificial intelligence, we need genuine intelligence. So EDIC includes both AI and I like to say GI. And uh, so it's going to bring uh, together folks for that digital future that... um, Uh, needs um, different perspectives on the technology and the way that technology is going to be communicated and enabled. So that's what EDICT really envelops. And we were really pleased that the state of Michigan uh, gave us um, and really believes in what we're doing, $30 million toward the EDICT program. We're working with them again this year on additional funding structures. But we expect to recruit uh, 1,500 new students, about 100 new faculty, uh, and the synergy between engineering and digital innovation is, uh, is, is critical. And uh, we've developed a, a new uh, engineering tech degree that will allow students to come from two-year colleges to four-year colleges that are going to open up um, and allow for more inclusivity of folks who thought they were precluded from being in this space. The 21st century needs a 21st century workforce. And we can't work in the ways of the past. We have to work in the ways of the future. And I'm convinced that if we get Edic right, where in fact instead of you going to a college, the colleges come to you, uh, so that you can learn within this new, enriched, and, and uh, difference-making environment, we're going to transform education across not only the Big Ten but the uh, the rest of the of the nation. And I'm excited for what comes next. Uh, and this is going to allow us to maintain and develop excellence and, and a whole range of different um, opportunities. And so Edict Engineering Digital Innovation Center, our top priority as a university, and I'm looking forward to uh, passing that baton on to Kevin Gutskowitz as he comes in as, as president on the 4th of March.
0: Well, President Woodruff, thanks again for this update on all things MSU today. Before I let you go, as As you do head into your final few weeks as interim president, what are you reflecting on and and working on?
1: Well, uh, I'm working on EDIC. So I've been been talking with every legislature, every every legislator. Uh, I've been talking with a lot of our business partners and and how important it is that um, we continue to maintain leadership and, and develop new strategies in this area. So um, you know, there's no lame in this duck. Uh, so we are are moving ahead, advancing the mission of the institution and making sure that uh, the promises of uh, transformative education continue to be lived out in, in the life of every Spartan.
0: Spartans will. Well, President Woodruff, thanks again for joining me.
1: Thank you, Russ.
0: That's Michigan State University Interim President Teresa K. Woodruff elaborating on topics she covers in her January 2024 Spartan Community Letter, which you can read by clicking on the communications tab at president.msu.edu. And I'm Russ White. This is MSU Today.